managing your business. Call today to see how we can provide you with cost-effective solutions, 672-0785 in Sheridan. Parker Mellinger, our focus is where you're going, not where you've been. What college is your child going to attend? How you plan today could make the difference. The steps for college planning are almost the same as retirement planning. Start by calculating approximately how much it will cost for four years of education. Then determine how much you should save each year. This is Bernie Spielman, financial advisor at Steeple Investments. Call me at 672-3434 today to plan your child's tomorrow. Steeple Investments, member SIPC and New York Stock Exchange. Final days to save big this holiday season. At Legacy Diamond and Gems, they have a wide selection of beautiful jewelry, all on sale up to 50% off. Their total store renovation in 2023 motivates them to sell at discounts like never before. Shop now while selection is at its best and where quality and value are always in style. Hurry in for the final days of this sale and save up to 50% off in-stock items. Legacy Diamond and Gems, 11 North Main Street in downtown Sheridan. The rookie sophomore? What is that? I'm picking my own name next year. Hi guys, it's Dave McAllister with First Northern Bank and Sheridan Honda and Power Sports Pro Football Pick'em. It's a tough crowd. Just listen. Buffalo is at Chicago. I wonder if they're going to move this game to a different time slot. I'm going to go Buffalo. It's supposed to be nasty. The Broncos don't have any time slot. (laughs) They they shouldn't. And and they they could easily flex that Tampa Bay Arizona game off the schedule completely. So terrible to watch. Forfeit and not even play it. Hot cocoa or eggnog? Trevor? Oh, cocoa. <laughs> never had eggnog cocoa. before. <laughs> cocoa? Cocoa. Eggnog, but that's supposed to be brandy in it. I'm with it. Yeah. I'm with you there, Magic Melanie. <laughs> cocoa also. Cocoa added. also? Okay, you guys going cocoa. <laughs> with Bailey's. <laughs> okay. Listen to us live every Wednesday at 7.40 a.m. on KROE 103.9 and play for a chance to win a $100 prize every week. Go to Pro Football Pick'em on the contest page on sharedmedia.com. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. Now, joining me this morning from the University of Wyoming is the Director of Institutional Communications, Mr. Chad Baldwin. Good morning, Chad. Morning, Floyd. How is your uh, holiday season going so far? It's been great. Yeah, it's nice to have a little break. Well, that's, it, it always is, isn't it? I mean, this is the time of year that uh, we even take uh, one of our vacations and we head back east to Minnesota. All right. Now, when do students return to the classroom? Not till later this month. I think it's right around the, maybe the 17th or so. Around the 17th? So everyone... Yeah, uh, Currently trying to get uh, classes in. Uh, Is is there some activity over there at the administration's building? Well, uh, actually, the whole university is off this week, uh, with the exception of, you know, the essential folks uh, making sure there's no frozen pipes and that sort of thing. But um, it's pretty quiet, pretty quiet this week. And uh, people will be back uh, next uh, Tuesday. Uh, for the administration and staff members and that sort of thing. Then students coming back later in the the month. What does the weather look down there? Uh, You guys got a lot of snow, or is it all blown away? Now there's still some snow here. Uh, You know, it was so darn cold last week, and then it warmed up super warm the past couple days, but now it feels a little bit more like what we usually have in December. Um, and so, yeah, pretty nice. Looks like it'll be pretty good ice fishing weather today. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, you planning on heading out yourself? I think I'm going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, best of luck to you. Now, during the pandemic, we all learned a very valuable lesson on the importance of nurses in the healthcare system. And it seemed like no matter how many we had, it was just not enough. Um, they endured long hours, uh, some even, you know, pulling 18-hour days in some cases. Uh, people, great folks, were donating food uh, to our hospital up here. 
as these uh, nurses and the other medical staff just didn't even have time to, to grab anything to eat. Chad, can you tell us how that resulted in a record number of nursing school graduates this past semester? Yeah, so, it's, so this particular area of nursing is it's our master's degree in nursing. And it's, uh, this is for nurses who are in leadership roles in, uh, in whatever clinical situation they're in. And, uh, uh, you know, the, this the, uh, apparently in the nursing field, this, these nurse educators or nurse leaders who have master's degrees are playing an ever bigger role uh, to make sure our system continues to function like it needs to. And so our program is this is an online program that nurses who are on the job can can take to advance their careers. And we had uh, uh, 25 of them graduate the, this this month, uh, which is a record for our program. And it's all across the state, including one right in Sheridan uh, there, Cassandra Mullins. I'm not sure if she works at the hospital or what exactly her setting is, but she's uh, one of them. And anyway, this is a... Uh, uh, fills a really important role in our healthcare system here in Wyoming. Absolutely. Uh, do you think we're about to see an increase uh, throughout the nation in in nurse educators? I mean, in your in your experience of seeing this happen, uh, do you think that this is a trend that will continue, or do you think this is in response to a need that these nurses saw themselves? Floyd, I just don't have the expertise to really answer your question. Uh, but I do know that the people who run our, our online master's program are really optimistic that there's going to be high demand and that we'll be able to fill it. And, you know, the 25 uh, new graduates in this program, 20 of them are right here in Wyoming. Oh, that's uh, amazing. You know, filling, filling important roles in their communities and, and, and health care. Uh, that includes, like, the Life Flight out of Casper, um, and then various hospitals and clinical settings. I had a friend who worked for them for quite some time. Uh, she was busy all the time. The demand for this profession is so high. Uh, nurses, and especially nurse educators, uh, I could only imagine uh, what other states are facing uh, who have a, a greater population. Because I know that we went through a bit of a tough time there during COVID. And the offerings that were coming their way from this uh, traveling nurse field, uh, were, in some cases, were just too good to pass up. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we continue. I think I've heard of a nursing shortage most of my lifetime. And uh, um, and so you know, schools like ours are doing the best we can to to produce the graduates to help you know, address that need. One of the things we find in Wyoming that's a bit of a challenge is you have to have clinical settings, you know, to to do to, as part of your education. We're we're a little bit limited in the number of clinical settings that we have, so we can't really grow our bachelor's degree nursing program that much. Uh, but um, this master's program for nursing leaders is the one that uh, seems to be really taking off. And since it's online and since the people can do the, you know, stay right on the job that they're at, I think there's some pretty good growth potential here. And I'll tell you, the dedication that this shows is amazing. Uh, you know, being a busy nurse on the job and then going home, and, and participating in a master's level online class. I can only imagine the amount of work and hours that uh, these ladies and gentlemen have put into this program. Congratulations to all of them. It is a great uh, thing to see this number because, <clears throat> you know, I think that this generation of nurses who have been in the field for the past three years can offer an experience that every nursing student or, you know, new nurse coming into the field can learn from, uh, having gone through this pandemic, uh, boots on the ground, being out there in the field and, and experiencing this is something that I think we should all be learning from. And I can only imagine the knowledge that these uh, ladies and gentlemen have as they go forward to teach 
a new batch of nurses as they join us. What are your thoughts on that? Well, absolutely. I think that the, um, you know, we, we, we're still probably assessing to some degree um, you know, the, the impact of the, the pand- pandemic has had on multiple systems. And the healthcare is, the, of course, the biggest one, probably the most direct impact. And, and uh, you know, there's been sort of a, from what I can tell, um, you know, the, the, uh, the pandemic really kind of exposed areas of need, things that need to be shore, shorn up, you know, and, and, uh, and I think um, that's, what, that's what this master's program is. One of the, that's one of the things it's able to do. Now, I imagine the requirements are pretty rigid. Uh, it is a demanding and very rewarding career. But, uh, yeah, those long hours that they've put in, congratulations to all of you. Uh, now, another topic, work is progressing on a solar-powered home. This is happening in the foothills of Wyoming's Wind River Mountains. And it represents yeah. the entry by a team of University of Wyoming students in an international competition to design zero energy buildings. Chad, can you tell me a little bit about the Solar Decathlon Build Challenge? Sure. So it's a program that's uh, sponsored by the U- United States Department of Energy. And, uh, and universities across the country have student teams that have entered designs for zero energy homes. Um, and then, you know, it's a competitive deal. They're trying to win prizes and recognition. And uh, this team for the University of Wyoming from our College of Engineering and Physical Sciences is one of the 16 finalist teams from across the country. And they were awarded, each awarded $50,000 to build and exhibit their, 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 their houses. And so they work in with a contractor from Lander. This is uh, uh, near Red Canyon, which is south of Lander. And uh, the, the house is all, looks like to me, it's pretty much enclosed now. They're doing the interior work. And um, this spring, then, our student team will be able to show off this zero-energy home that's been built in the foothills of the Wind Rivers, which is uh, a pretty darn special place, like, just like the foothills there. You're in of the Bighorns. So a uh, very exciting project, and I think they're pretty psyched to be able to see where they shake out in the you know, 16 finalists, see if they can be the winner. I think that would be absolutely amazing. And and Wyoming being an energy state, I think, uh, you know, with all the technological advances that we've really been advancing down there at the university and the experiments that have been going on, I think it would be great if they came out on top on this one. And when we say yeah. zero energy, this is zero energy from an outside source, correct? Like it's not going to be hooked up onto a grid? So what I'm uh, uh, it's going to have super insulated, airtight envelope, and then advanced heating systems, including a heat pump and radiant floors, uh, a large array of solar panels, and that that'll ensure that the energy that the home will produce more energy than it consumes. Now, I, whether or not it will be off the grid or not, Lloyd, I'm not sure. A lot of you know folks with solar systems uh, are hooked up to the to the uh, to the grid and then are able to actually you know put energy into the grid and i think they get compensated for it so it could be that, that that's what we're talking about here as well but um zero energy is the it means it's you know it's going to produce more energy than it consumes it's on an annual on an annual basis i mean maybe at different times you know but that's on an annual basis that's amazing. Uh, being able to actually throw power onto the grid with solar power, I think, is great. Now, the, the one thing that uh, I was, I was kind of curious of, is all of this pre-existing technology, or, or, or are students using some experimental sources of clean energy? My, my understanding, Floyd, is that this is, um, it's the, maybe the, the technologies themselves are, already exist, but then it just comes down to how you design all of it and how you put it all together. And I think that's, uh, that's what they're, and so it is, it's the latest technologies they're using, but uh, this is more about design than about, for instance, improving the solar panel efficiency or something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, so, um, you know, we have people at the university doing that sort of work, but this particular competition is about design. 
designing a home that utilizes existing technology more efficiently. Uh, I can see that uh, happening because, you know, you could have the best parts in the world, but if you don't know how to put it together, the car is not going to run. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And it says, by the way, it's a three-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bath home. And once it's all done and uh, the competition's over, I believe it's going to be put up for sale. Oh, really? Six-acre lot. It's going to be on a six-acre lot. And and it's uh, you know it's it's built in a um, conventional sort of I'm, I'm trying to think here what the word is it's it's a typical Wyoming home um, it's not anything as far as how it looks you know what yeah. I mean yeah. the, the systems are are innovative but the it's a um, n- nothing that you're going to drive by and say oh that's a weird looking place <laughs> so it looks just like a regular house yeah. I think a lot of people uh, are, are really drawn to homes like that. And, and to get inside of a, a typical-looking home and then to find out how advanced it is in its clean energy usage, I think that would be pretty neat as well. So it's, 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 it's an example to every other common home out there that uh, this That's can a, be yeah. done. Yep, yep. All right, when we come back, we're going to continue with the University of Wyoming. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. First Federal Bank and Trust is excited to announce the First Federal Community Commitment Program. Each week for 52 weeks starting in January, First Federal will select a Sheridan County nonprofit who will receive $1,000 in cash, plus Sheridan Media will match that with a marketing budget. You can find an entry form at any First Federal Bank location or online at efirstfederal.bank. If you've received a donation from First Federal in the last three years, you're automatically entered into the drawing. Community Commitment, presented by First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media. Member FDIC. Welcome in 2023 with a bang with fireworks from Whizbang Fireworks. Whizbang has a great selection of fireworks in all varieties, so start the new year off with a fireworks celebration. Whizbang Fireworks will be open on North Main Street behind Pizza Hut starting tomorrow, Thursday, December 29th through Saturday, December 31st from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Fireworks can be shot December 31st and January 1st only. Use caution and follow rules. Celebrate 2023 with fireworks from Whizbang Fireworks on North Main Street behind Pizza Hut. Face it, you don't want to do your own plumbing and heating work or repair. You need a professional, and that is exactly what you will get if you work with Wrap Plumbing and Heating. Being fully licensed, bonded, and insured, you can rest assured that they will take care of your repairs and maintenance in the very best way possible. Call Wrap Plumbing and Heating at 429-1196 and rest easy knowing it'll be done right. This is Dan Rapp with Wrap Plumbing and Heating. And as we like to say, if you find a leak, let me take a peek. Help your favorite photo of holiday decorations win big. It's time to vote in the Get Lit for the Holidays photo contest presented by MDU. Just go to the contest page at SheridanMedia.com. Click on the banner, scroll through the photos, and vote for your favorite. The winning photo by most votes will take home a $200 gift certificate to Sheridan Liquor, $200 in chamber bucks from MDU, and $200 in chamber bucks from State Farm Insurance and Gardner. Vote every day on the contest page at SheridanMedia.com and watch for the winner announcement on Friday. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. With me this morning from the University of Wyoming is the Director of Institutional Communications, Chad Baldwin. We've discussed the ever-increasing demand for nurses in the nation and the overwhelming success of those students in the nursing program down at UW. We've also talked about the UW Solar Decathlon House. Now, this is near Lander. And it offers an amazing opportunity for our students to participate in a nationwide challenge and flex their clean energy know-how. Over the past year, Chad and I have talked about many amazing advances in the sciences and technology that are helping to advance the goals of the entire country, including NASA. And it's all happening right down there at UW. And, uh, Chad, according to a a recent survey, Wyoming residents are quite pleased with the university 
and the educational opportunities that our four-year institution offers. Can you tell us uh, some details about that recent survey? Sure, Floyd. But we, this is a survey we do every other year, and we kind of feel like it's important to do this to, you know, just make sure we're uh, get a sense for what the people want to think about uh, how we're doing. And uh, and so this was done at the end of October, early November, and uh, we feel like it's important to kind of report out to instead of just using this internally, people ought to you know be able to see the results. So so we've done that. We you know did a press release and. And uh, I'd say that the highlights are, are are in the area of what people think about UW as a place where, you know, a, where a quality educational experience can be had. And uh, and so we asked the question, how well do you think UW appeals to Wyoming students and their families as a desirable place to attend college? And the results came back that 63% said quite well. And 17% said extremely well, and that's 80% combined. So that's a that's that, that, that's a pretty strong indication. I mean, that's those are really good numbers in terms of what people perceive as UW being a good place to to for people to come to school. And you know, we had nine nine percent that said not too well, and just two percent said not well at all. So you know, not we're not universally viewed that way. But 80 percent, I mean, eight out of eight out of ten people. Saying extremely well or quite well is a really good number. Absolutely. Um, you, yeah. You add to that, then we ask the question, uh, rate UW's performance as providing an excellent undergraduate education. And we had 44% say good and 19% say excellent. So that's 63% combined. And that so that that's pretty strong, too. I mean, we had 13% said fair and 3% said poor, but... Again, you're up there, a really strong majority, saying that we provide an excellent undergraduate education. So we feel real good about those numbers. And I, I think it really, you know, those results are quite telling of, of what the university is doing and the direction that it is going. How will leadership uh, at the university use this survey? Well, I think uh, one of the things we did find, because there's a number of other questions, too, where we didn't do, we didn't. The numbers weren't as high. Were in the, uh, the area of um, uh, engaging with the community. So we asked if whether UW has a strong level of engagement with your community, and uh, we we were just, you know, excellent or good. Only reached about fifty percent, just under fifty percent. So, you know, twenty six percent said fair, eleven percent poor. Those are numbers that seem to indicate, you know, we need maybe to do a little bit more outreach or at least shine more attention on the outreach that we do. Um, you know, so that that's that's an area where this, this isn't, I guess what I'm trying to say is that this, we're going to look at these numbers and I think take a look at what can we do a little bit better, maybe in the area of communication and, and also maybe in the area of programming to be able to touch more of our people around the state directly. When the board or, or leadership sits down to decide those kinds of changes, do we look at like a five-year, 10-year, and 15-year extended plan? Yeah, as a matter of fact, we were just putting the finishing touches on a, on a strategic plan that's going to take us for the next five years. So absolutely, there's been a, a lot of planning being done, been done, a lot of discussions on and off campus to uh, to put this strategic plan together, and uh, and and so it's a it's a real strong roadmap to to uh, address some of the things I just discussed that were mentioned here in the in the survey that we did, such as that outreach, which I could uh, I can imagine, you know, if I uh, working uh, down at the the university, if I was down there, I think I think you know if I had to improve on an area, that would be the area that I think I would enjoy improving on the most. Just being able to go out and talk about what is going on down there at the university, maybe offer some volunteer opportunities or reaching out to the community, uh, maybe those in need or something like that. I, absolutely. So I know, and it, it's, we need to remember, too, uh, we're just coming off the pandemic period when when we were all pretty isolated. I mean, we mm-hmm. there was outreach that was done, but it was pretty much mostly virtual from campus. and. 
and uh, and getting back out in person, I think is going to is has helped. Probably will help us with our results when we do this survey in a couple of years, assuming we don't get another darn pandemic coming our way. Yeah. And uh, um, and and so uh, uh, you know that's that's the sort of thing you have to kind of look at the circumstances as well. But you know, we ask things about what do people think? Uh, are we doing a good job of keeping our tuition as low as possible? And we had. Uh, 15% say excellent, 37% said good, so that's 52% combined. That's over half. Um, only 25% said fair or poor in that area. Uh, are we uh, maintaining a safe campus for students? 60% said either excellent or good in that area. Uh, so it's um, and then we asked about our our athletics teams. Are we doing a good job of having competitive athletics teams and 59% said we're doing an excellent or good job of that as well. So always area for improvement. There's always things we can do better. And uh, uh, this survey kind of helps us identify to prioritize a little. To know where to put the resources and the focus within the next five years. I think surveys like this are absolutely vital, especially for an entity like the university. I mean, you are our university and uh, you know, I think being able to offer a lower tuition to state residents is something that uh, has always kind of been around, um, at least to my memory. Yep. Well, it's a part of it's written into the state's uh, constitution about yeah. keeping our tuition as nearly free as possible. Uh, you know, one thing I, I want to point out, Floyd, is that this survey, you know, we, we have a, a, a unit here on campus called the Wyoming Survey and Analysis Center. And they're they're actually self-funded. I mean, they do they're a professional polling operation that does work for other, like say, the Game and Fish Department or for YDOT or or even private companies. So they you pay them, and they do these are professional pollsters. So you know what they're doing, and so they had you know down to that this has a margin of error of like four point three percentage points, um, and they you know they they did a Rent and they used both landline and cell numbers, and they made sure they had a, enough folks. This is 524 people across Wyoming, so that we have a high degree of confidence that these are accurate numbers. And uh, and this, anyway, the Survey Analysis Center is an interesting operation here at UW. I'm not sure a lot of people know about it, but they do professional polling as that's their job. And it's and we're not competing with any other private companies in Wyoming. There just aren't any. We're a small enough state where we just don't have a lot of professional polling companies here. That's and I've I've used the results from uh, their polling yeah. quite a few in my news stories. Yeah, yeah, they did the, the one I know this past year. They always do political polling. Yeah, and they're the one that did this the poll right before the primary election that showed just you know gave some reason to think that Harriet Hageman was going to beat. Uh, Liz Cheney by a wide margin, and that's in fact what happened. Of course, we know. So uh, they they do all kinds of real interesting polling, uh, and so we used a, we we used this unit of UW to do this because we that's that's what they do for for a job. And they know uh, that the results that they get are pretty dang accurate. Well, Chad, thank yep. you so much for talking with us today. Uh, I want to wish you a happy New Year, my friend. Thank you, Floyd, and we sure appreciate the opportunity to talk. When we come back, we're going to talk with Whitney Benefits. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Share First Federal Bank and Trust is committed to our community. Beginning in January, we'll be donating $1,000 cash each week for 52 weeks to a qualified Sheridan County nonprofit organization. And Sheridan Media will match that with a marketing budget. First Federal is one of two mutual banks in Wyoming, which means they don't pay stockholders. They reinvest your funds right back into the place we call home. Visit efirstfederal.bank for details. Community commitment presented by First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media. Member FDIC. the unexpected happens, you may wonder what's next. Champion Funeral Home can help you through this phase of life. They provide support and personal services while helping you create a meaningful tribute to your loved one. 
Champion Funeral Home has been locally owned and operated since 1911, providing compassion and care to Sheridan and Johnson County. Visit Champion Funeral Home at championfh.com or call 674-6329. You grunt and groan every time you stand, bend, or reach. Aching bones and aching joints, they're not just painful, they're noisy. But seriously, for some, aching joints are debilitating. The specialists at Sheridan Ortho work tirelessly to end your aches and pains. From advanced hand and upper extremity surgery, to computer-navigated spine surgery, to complex sports medicine like hip arthroscopy, you're in good hands. Sheridan Orthopedics, serving Sheridan and the surrounding areas for over 50 years. Visit SheridanOrtho.com. Same-day appointments may be available. This Christmas message from Mandy Koltiska at Century 21 BHJ. Live long and foster. You may not be able to buy love, but you sure can rescue it. And you can't change an animal's past, but you can rewrite their future. Rescue a pet today, and they'll rescue you right back. If your heart doesn't have paw prints on it, you need to get to the dog and cat shelter today. Slick roads are here. Let's get some new tires on your vehicle. Hi, this is Chris Hayden with Hammer Chevrolet. With the recent weather, you've probably figured out your vehicle might need some new tires. Bring it down and let us take a look. We carry all the brand names and tires. If you provide us with a better price at the time of purchase, we'll match it. Find a better price within 30 days of the purchase, we'll refund the difference. Bring your vehicle in and let's get you safely down the road. You can't beat our tire price match guarantee from Hammer Chevrolet, 107 East Alger. Online at hammerchevy.com. Final days to save big this holiday season. At Legacy Diamond and Gems, they have a wide selection of beautiful jewelry, all on sale up to 50% off. Their total store renovation in 2023 motivates them to sell at discounts like never before. Shop now while selection is at its best and where quality and value are always in style. Hurry in for the final days of this sale and save up to 50% off in-stock items. Legacy Diamond and Gems, 11 North Main Street in downtown Sheridan. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. Established in 2003, the Whitney Commons is an interactive park. It's located in the center of Sheridan. In the Commons, between the Sheridan County Fulmer Fulmer Public Library and the Hub-on-Smith, uh, while also being very close proximity to the Sheridan County YMCA. Features within the park include the pavilion, a playground designed for fun and safety, large grass-covered areas, uh, popular water spray grounds. Kids take advantage of this every year. An amphitheater, a plaza area, vintage lighting. Uh, this thing has all of it. And joining me this morning to talk about the Whitney Commons is Labyrinth Consultant, Fashion Williams, or excuse me, Wilson, and Whitney Benefits trustee Kim Love. Good morning and welcome to the show. Good, Good morning. morning. Now, uh, uh, Labyrinth Consultant. Oh, that's a fancy title. That is a great title. Yes, I, I, I would like to correct the pronunciation of my name. It's Fashon. Fashon. And I, most uh, people call me Sean. Sean, okay. Yeah. And, um, How does one become a Labyrinth Consultant. consultant. <laughs> Well, I, I got interested in... Oh, self-appointed, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's Sarah Summers' fault, <laughs> who works for Whitney. Um, I got interested in labyrinths um, when I had the experience of walking the labyrinth that's at the Episcopal Grace Cathedral in San Francisco. And it just blew me away. And I thought, we should have one of these here. And... Um, so I, I went on a campaign of writing different people and doing different things to see if we could get a labyrinth here in Sheridan. Um, my husband and I worked with a group of teenagers from Holy Name Church to build one out at the Benedictine Monastery, and it was a rock one, and it was really very nice. We'd go out every year and weed it out and replace rocks. And unfortunately, that's no longer available to the public because the monastery was sold privately. So the one in Whitney Commons, um, Kim and I connected. I, he was looking for um, a way to enhance the garden. And I was happy to talk to him. And he brought in a, 
architectural landscape consultant, and we talked about how it could be done in that space, and it was built. Kim? Well, yeah, it was back um, in the early aughts when this the, this one first started uh, getting started. Uh, I was on the board of Whitney Common or on the board of Whitney Benefits, and Whitney had acquired the old brewery property there and was working on developing the park. Now is Whitney Commons, and at the same time, uh, Sean and I were serving on the Sheridan Public Arts Committee, and I forget how the initial conversation came about. Because uh, I wasn't involved with Sean's efforts out at the uh, uh, monastery or any of the rest of the stuff, and very frankly, hadn't uh, paid much attention to labyrinths uh, themselves. But anyway, we were on the Sheridan Public Arts Committee, and I don't remember exactly how the conversation came about. Whether you just kind of mentioned it casually to me one day or Probably. whatever. <laughs> well, I was it, in you know, my promoting stage. Well, <laughs> and, and, well, there's some things that are such good ideas you don't have to beat me over the head twice with them, right? To say, hey, that sounded like a really good idea. You know, and so I then uh, uh, took the idea to back to uh, uh, Whitney and uh, the the consultant that was developing the park. Say, why don't we? Couldn't we put a labyrinth in uh, you know the corner of the uh, Dippy King uh, component of the park there? And you know, everyone seemed to be fine with that. It was not that big of a deal, you know, in terms of you know having to make any kind of sacrifices or significant financial commitment or whatever. I mean, it did cost something. And so I brought it up uh, there. It uh, uh, was well accepted and then got incorporated into the plans for the, uh, for the park and it's been there ever since. Kim, for those of us who haven't seen this or, or experienced it, could you describe what this is made out of? Uh, how high are the walls? Could you? Well, just there aren't give any really uh, high walls. I mean, it's uh, flat with the ground. Uh, Sean could probably be better, you know, describe it. It's just, uh, uh, I'm not very frankly. I'm not sure what material it is made out of. Is well, it just brick? it's uh, those um, pattern bricks that um, are used uh, in other places at uh, Whitney Commons. And to define the labyrinth, there are different colors. Some are red and some are black. And um, I can't remember which shows the outline and which is the walking path. Um, Labyrinths are found all over the world, and there are different designs, but the the purpose always seems to be to connect it to something um, unknown, divine, the great spirit. Today, there is a general movement in the United States, or even in the world, to um, put labyrinths in public places for the purpose of meditation and stress relief. They are especially popular in uh, hospital areas, and our hospital has a great space for one. <laughs> I'm always eyeing it. Um, when you, it, it's a labyrinth is not a maze. Uh, it's one path to the center. There are no tricks or anything like that of choices to make. Uh, you just need to follow the way to arrive at the center. And a labyrinth uh, symbolizes many things. Uh, for some, it's a religious journey. Um, the path can be a way to salvation. It's a symbolic pilgrimage to Jerusalem. That's the purpose of it in the churches in uh, France, for instance. Um, and walking the labyrinth reminds us we are all um, pilgrims journeying to the sacred center. And when you get into one and you're walking it, uh, you kind of get into a meditative state and you can walk in, and it, uh, in, in walking, you're using your body and your mind, and then your spirit can enter into it. Um, it's a tool for meditation and enlightenment, really. And um, kids just like to run the path, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You took away what I was going to ask uh, uh, Floyd if he knew the difference between a maze. And labyrinth. And I had not. I'd never heard that. Uh, I if think somebody... originally maybe they were a little bit confused, but the difference is in a labyrinth, you don't really have to think. You can meditate. You can lose yourself in thought because there is only one path to follow. Whereas in a maze, there are a lot of dead ends. Right. You know, that you may have, you may run into. you got a so puzzle to solve it, there. It's kind of a puzzle thing. The labyrinth is not a puzzle. I think that's fascinating. I don't think a lot of people knew that, yeah. uh, the difference between the two. I certainly didn't. When somebody talks about labyrinth, I think 
maze. It's there's something in there I have to solve. But the the reflection aspect of this is what fascinates me about a labyrinth. Uh, it, being able to walk this path, uh, Sean, you've obviously walked a lot of labyrinths. I, uh, I, everyone I come across, I walk. And and have you developed uh, like a meditative state where you're able to get in there and really mm-hmm. reflect on on not just the the earthbound subjects but the eternal? I can I can take a problem in, start at the beginning with a deep breath and then just begin walking it, and kind of thinking about it or not thinking about it. And uh, labyrinths that are built in the open spaces, um, trees, birds. Um, Fresh air, you you know you can be surrounded by that as well as the path, and um, you walk into the center, and you can stay in the center for a while and meditate, pray, and then when you walk out, off I often find the answer I was looking for to a problem that I had, so it's really a great meditation tool. And I would have never thought of that. I always. I was the little kid. I was always just running the path. Kim, that's okay. As a little kid, you can run the path. Even as an adult, if you want to run the path, run the path. Yeah, you 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 can uh, uh, use it any way you uh, see fit. Now, Kim, have you walked this? How how do you use it? I, you know, I can't really say that. You know, I have quite the dedication that Sean has had to it. You know, mine was more a matter of of uh, helping to. Um, build Whitney Commons into the quality park that it really is, you know, and I'm, you know, continually amazed as I <clears throat> travel around. This isn't labyrinth specific, but what a, a tremendous asset, I believe. I'm biased, of course, um, uh, that Whitney Commons is. You know, you go to a lot of places, and there are very few, you know, uh, parks that uh, cities or towns have that are as nice as uh, uh, Whitney Commons is. That's uh, you know located so close to the center of city, and of course um, is you know uh, immaculately maintained. And I don't think you can find many parks, many places that are as w- you know as well maintained as, as that is. So I think it's just a tremendous asset that maybe you know it's around for a long period of time, so you kind of get used to it and kind of take it for granted a little bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think if if people will you know, travel around almost any place and look at the different kinds of parks that various uh, cities and towns have, you're going to have, I think you're going to be hard pressed to, uh, uh, to find one that's as nice as uh, Whitney Commons is. And this is, this was just one component, you know, of uh, the park. There are many facets to the park. Like, like the, the water park that, is busy sure. throughout the entire summer season. Yeah, I thought uh, those... you were going to say the entire year. I said, nah, no. <laughs> what, the water feature wasn't too busy last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's going to be a little uh, sparse out there during the winter. But but my wife and I, when we learned about Whitney, uh, she works here in town as well. We both started taking lunch out there together, and we go and sit in the grass. And, I mean, it it's beautiful, and as you said, it is so well-maintained. The dedicated staff out there, uh, you don't find garbage on the ground. You you don't see piles of anything outside of, uh, you know, grass and maybe a project that they've got just trying to improve the area, and as well as uh, all the flowers and, and the uh, uh, sitting areas that have basically been designed for folks to take their lunch. It's evolved over the years where they're trying to make, you know, gradual improvements to it and, and you know, tweak things uh, here and there. Uh, but, you know, one of the... Uh, if you look at the uh, uh, Mr. Whitney's will, which was uh, just an amazing document that he uh, created here over 100 years ago, um, you know, one of the things that he had in there, I believe, was referred to as a community center. And to my way of thinking, Whitney Commons is is a uh, wonderful fulfillment of his desire to have some of his funds go to a community center. You know? Absolutely. And I think he would be very proud uh, to walk that, and and I mean, the, I have and, no doubt about that. To include things like a a, a a labyrinth, the water park, and and some other amenities here, uh, could you tell me about the Whitney Commons Dorothy King Reflective Garden? What is this? You well, know, can go I ahead. say something? I, Absolutely. I think one of the best things about that um, garden is that it has a botanical garden nature to it. A lot of different kind of plants, which are all identified. And um, 
You don't have to walk the labyrinth when you're in there. You can just enjoy the flowers in the garden. And it, it also causes reflection. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I don't know how often or how many opportunities people have to go to a flower garden. Uh, but uh, to go and sit in an area like that can also be very reflective yes, and spiritual. Yes. Agreed. <clears throat> um, Kim, it, there are a lot of books about labyrinths. Um, Kim and I both bought the same, brought the same <laughs> book this morning. Um, Must be a good book, huh? And this one uh, it says mazes on it, but they're really types of labyrinths around the world. You need to get a hold of that author and explain the difference between yeah, maze and labyrinth. <laughs> exactly. Um, Someone needs a further a, education. There's a, um, a group called the Worldwide Labyrinth Project. You can go on the web and you can find um, all kinds of information about it, and you can... Um, find locations for where there are labyrinths around the United States. I have a whole list of them, uh, and it's very long. There's a couple of other labyrinths in Wyoming that I'm aware of. Um, one is at some uh, dude ranch, and it's made out of rocks, just rocks placed in the design. And I think, I believe Casper has one. Now, labyrinth, as far as Western culture is concerned, uh, was this a Greek uh, idea originally? Um, I think the, the original one, I mean, it goes back 2,500 years B.C. Yeah. That's 4,500 years ago. Yeah. The earliest one uh, that was uh, uh, discovered. And, you know, it's had a history, but I believe you, you find, I'm not sure how the, what the connections are, but you find them, I believe, in India. Uh, I think there are some in uh Central or South America. Now, how they migrated from Central, from Greek, Greece to, uh, or whether it was just a good idea that one of those universal up, ideas, one yes. of, yeah. a universal yes. idea that popped up in, in different places. Um, but so it's had an interesting evolution over the last almost five millennia. And I think it's absolutely fascinating. Uh, you know, it's it kind of like uh, the idea of the dragon, something. That, Cultures around the world who never had contact with each other have got one idea mm-hmm. about one subject. And, and so I think that really speaks to what a labyrinth can offer someone in a spiritual sense. Uh, before the dawn of science, of course, everything was explained through spiritual connection to the universe. Mm-hmm. And, and labyrinths may be that, for lack of a better term, portal to the spiritual, uh, uh, as you were saying, Shauna, being able to walk the labyrinth and reach that center, uh, you know, in a way is reaching the center of yourself and the universe itself. Mm-hmm. Now there's, uh, can you tell me a little bit, Kim, about, uh, the statues out there at Whitney Commons as well? I see quite a few of those. They're absolutely beautiful. Uh, it, it, I've only really stopped and looked at the statue of Whitney himself, but there are others. Well, I mean, over the uh, years, and again, uh, uh, Sean and I used to serve. I'm still on the <clears throat> Public Arts Committee, and Sean was our, was on it for well over a decade and was a chair at one point uh, of the Public Arts Committee. I and, used to say I was the manager of the project. Oh, whatever you want to. <laughs> she can describe herself however she'd like to describe it, and I'm, far be it for me to disagree. But as we developed the uh, program, we suggested um, uh, different opportunities to, you know, incorporate some sculptures into the sculpture program. Now, the ones that in Whitney Commons, those are all owned by, uh, those are not city sculptures, but they're owned by uh, Whitney Benefits uh, themselves. And so as they've seen opportunities, I know that the one that you made reference to, which was of Mr. Whitney um, uh, uh, sitting on the bench there, that came from a sculpture. I think uh, our uh, late former chair, uh, Tom Kennison, was was driving on the interstate, and I think he saw the sculptor, uh, Felix Valise, I think is the guy's mm-hmm. name is, uh, driving down the road with the, a sculpture on the back of his truck or on a trailer or something like that, and got his name and contacted him, and then they commissioned uh, that sculpture. And then there were other ones that were around, and uh, such as the Mike Thomas one that um, uh, we added to the um, uh, there at Whitney Commons. And, that's that's uh, the horse and rider. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, over the years, as opportunities have come up, you know, uh, the, the, then there's one that's on, that would be on the, uh, 
uh, west side of the park over there, um, uh, just south of the uh, YMCA on the way to Kendrick Park there. Uh, Balancing Boys was one and that was submitted to our own loan program, and we were looking for a place to put it because <clears throat> that one is is such that it doesn't really, it's big enough and it wouldn't really fit in our downtown area very I mean, It's a great sculpture, but it fits over there perfectly. So we put it there, and after it had been there for a year, you know, Whitney said, ah, oh, we kind of like that. So they, they decided they, to they keep it. added that uh, to the thing, so that's... <laughs> Well, Kim, uh, Shauna, I greatly appreciate you guys taking some time coming in here and talking to me about labyrinths. I learned something today. Thank you so much for that. Uh, the difference between a labyrinth and a maze. Glad to come. And uh, I hope uh, both of you have a great new year. Hey, you too. <laughs> You've Thank been you. listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Shared it. Federal Bank and Trust is excited to announce the First Federal Community Commitment Program. Each week for 52 weeks starting in January, First Federal will select a Sheridan County nonprofit who will receive $1,000 in cash, plus Sheridan Media will match that with a marketing budget. You can find an entry form at any First Federal Bank location or online at efirstfederal.bank. If you've received a donation from First Federal in the last three years, you're automatically entered into the drawing. Community Commitment presented by First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media. Member FDIC. Your home falling down, dilapidated, dingy, or downright disgusting? Are you wanting to sell but know that no realtor in their right mind would even come and take a look at your home? They would drive by and say goodbye, love. Why, oh, renovation is it out? Get a hold of Devin, and he'll come out, take a look, and make you an offer. Quickly, confidentially, and with no judgment. Whyorenovation.com. We buy crappy and make homes happy. Remember when your mom used to say, don't break your arm, patting yourself on the back? Well, if you ignored her and broke your arm, then the Health Nut is the place for you to get all healthy again. Every inch of the Health Nut can make you feel better about yourself. The soup, sandwich, and deli bar, and smoothie so good you'll forget you even got a broke arm. Remember when your mom used to say you'd forget your head if it wasn't attached to your shoulders? Well, we can't fix that. But most everything else, at the Health Nut on Sheridan's 5th Street. At Prime Rate Motors, they recently had a customer that was adopting a child and needed a family car that would accommodate their existing family and the new toddler. Well, they were able to locate a minivan with low miles in prime rate condition, plus it was in the color the family wanted. They got a good trade-in, and the van joined their family the same week as their new daughter. At Prime Rate Motors and Super Trailer Store, they like to think they are the solution to your car, truck, and trailer needs. Prime Rate Motors and Super Trailer Store, 2305 Coffeen Avenue in Sheridan. Get a running start to the new year and check out the Sheridan Rec District's Resolution 5K Run. The fun begins January 7th at the Rec District with registration only $10 starting at 9.30 a.m. with the racing at 10 a.m. Plus there will be a raffle for goodies following the race. Make this year count and what better way than with the Resolution 5K. You can also register on SheridanRecDistrict.com, stop by the office or call 674-6421. This week on the Weekend Sports Wrap podcast, I make sweeping changes to bowl season in college football. I hate it so much that I completely flip it on its head and we make changes that I think would be for the better. That plus, I call out somebody in the NFL that's been pulling a veil over our head for far too long. Most of you might know who I'm talking about, and it's not Russell Wilson. We've got those topics and more on the Weekend Sports Wrap podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on SheridanMedia.com.